0: Hello and welcome to You Bet Your Life from otrgold.com. This
1: episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Ladies and gentlemen, the secret word tonight is sky. S-K-Y. Really? You bet your life. <laughs> 3,000 DeSoto Plymouth dealers of America present Groucho Marx in You'll Bet Your Life, the comedy quiz series produced and transcribed from Hollywood. And here he is, the one, the only. That's me, Groucho Marx. Groucho <laughs> Marx.
2: Well, here I am again with $1,500 for one of our couples tonight. Squire, who's supposed to try for the $1,500? Well,
1: Groucho, we invited some um, real estate brokers to the show, and just before we went on the air, our studio audience selected Lorraine Armstrong. Her partner is a cab driver chosen from the audience just before we went on the air, Mr. Howard Jackson. And here they are. Folks, meet Groucho Marx. Welcome for the DeSoto Plymouth Dealers. Say the
2: secret word and you'll divide $100 in cash. It's a common word, something you see every day. Mr. Howard Jackson, you're the cab driver, eh? That's right. Must be a pretty big cab,
3: <laughs> Where were
2: you born, Howard? In St. Paul, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Lorraine Armstrong? Yes. You're a real estate broker? Yes, I am. Where are you from, Lorraine? Are you sweet, Lorraine? Just, uh... I hope so. <laughs> Where are you from, uh, Lorraine? I'm from
3: Oshkosh, Wisconsin.
2: Who do, you, who do you work for?
3: Franklin Archer, 9216 Sunset Boulevard.
2: You could have omitted that. I'm not in the market. How is the real estate game these days?
3: Well, it's pretty good. I I don't have time to hardly keep all of my appointments.
0: How many houses have you sold this week?
3: Well, uh, my specialty is uh, renting.
2: Oh. How long have you been renting?
3: Twelve years.
2: Well, I must say you take very good care of your premises. (laughs) You look like you have very good weather weatherstripping. <laughs>
3: now,
2: suppose I wanted to rent my house to somebody else. How, how would uh, I go about it? Or how would you go about it?
3: Well, uh, would you rent it to dogs and children? <laughs>
2: <laughs> if the dog had money, I'd rent <laughs> Well, Mr. Jackson, uh, you're still here, aren't you? Yes, sir. Let's ride your cab for a minute. How long have you been piloting a hack?
0: For seven years, off and on. Off and on what? The sidewalk? (laughs) What do you mean by off and on? Well, when I save up enough money, I go mining and treasure hunting.
2: In your cab? No. What do you mean? You're a treasure hunter? Well, yo-ho-ho and a bottle of vitamin pills. (laughs) How did you get interested in treasure hunting?
0: Well, I was looking for gold
2: most of the time. Uh-huh. Were you successful in finding it? No. You know why, don't you? You just don't have the pan for it, that's all. <laughs> what started you on the hunt for gold?
0: Well, a Hollywood medium here told me that if I bought into a certain piece of property in Arizona, I'd become a wealthy man. I don't want to seem overly curious,
2: but uh, did this gold mine just happen to belong to the medium's brother-in-law? <laughs> no. You think this medium was a fake? No, I don't. Why Why not? Well, everything he
0: told me, it came to pass, uh, Uh except one thing. (laughs) And what was that? Well, I didn't
2: find the gold. (laughs) Then you should have struck the happy medium. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what happened? Uh, Why didn't you find any gold? Well, I don't know. I
0: mined off and on for three years there. Finally, I met a man that was a German scientist from Patagonia, South America. What part of Patagonia? Do you remember?
2: <laughs> no, I don't.
0: He didn't say.
2: Well, why did you have such confidence in him?
0: Well, he had a set of Mexican needles that he took out of his glove compartment, and they pointed to my mine, which was then a mile away. Then, what happened? Well, we went up there, and those needles dropped at our shoelaces, right straight down into the ground. And you found shoe license instead of gold? No. They. I went down a hundred feet. You did? Yes. And
2: this fellow was down there all the time? Oh, no. He left me that same afternoon. Oh, he went back to Patagonia. Eh? <laughs> Have your needles ever located a mine that had any gold in it?
0: Yes, it has. The Congress mine in Arizona. Well, that mine's been operating for
2: 40 years before my my needles discovered it. Could you use some needles like that in your work, Lorraine?
3: No, I don't think so.
2: Oh, I forgot. You're a rental agent. You don't have to look for treasure. You can stick them without needles. (laughs) Well, it's been very revealing and exciting talking about buried treasure, and if these needles really work right now, they're pointing toward the big question. Because in just one minute, you two will have a chance to win $1,500. But right now, I want you to pay attention to a matter of great importance.
1: Groucho, tonight, I'm going to be different. Every week, I've been telling about the beautiful DeSoto and all the features that are new this year. Well, tonight, let me mention a few of the features DeSoto has been famous for, not only this year, but in past years as well. For example... Take DeSoto's popular chair-high seats. Instead of low, uncomfortable seats that make you want to get out and walk, DeSoto's chair-high seats make you want to stay in and ride. They keep your body in the proper posture and give you a good view of the road and the scenery. Again this year, DeSoto has the famous tiptoe shift with fluid drive. Yes, DeSoto is the car that lets you drive without shifting. Again this year, DeSoto has big, safe 12-inch brakes. No car in America has bigger brakes. Add to these the whole host of brand new features in this year's car, like the amazing new AuraFlow shock absorbers, and you have the greatest DeSoto ever built. See it. Drive it. It's now at your DeSoto Plymouth dealers. And remember, all dealers who sell DeSoto also sell Plymouth, the value jewel of the low-priced field. (laughs)
2: Let's see how well you make out in the quiz. George, uh, tell them the rules.
1: All right. You bet as much of your $20 as you want on each of four questions, and the couple that earns the most money gets a chance at the $1,500 DeSoto-Plymouth question at the end of the show.
2: Here we go. Let's see how high I can build your $20. You selected famous ships. How much are you going to bet? $15. Here's your first question. You're going to bet $15. What was the name of the ship that battled the monitor? The Merrimack. The Merrimack is right. <laughs> Well, you, went, you have thirty-five dollars. Remember you're going for fifteen hundred dollars tonight. How much of the thirty-five are you gonna bet on your second question? Thirty. What explorer commanded the half moon? I don't know. Keith?
0: The half moon.
2: No, it. Well, it was Henry Hudson. You've dropped down to five dollars. Five dollars. Here's your third question. How much of the five are you gonna go for? Half of it. Two and a half. All right. <laughs> what was the name of the French liner that burned and capsized in the New York Harbor? Normandy. Normandy is right. <laughs> well, you're on your way again. You have 750. 750. Is your last chance to be the other couples? How much of the seven fifty are you gonna try? Uh,
0: Five
2: thousand. Okay, mutineers mm-hmm. led by Fletcher Christian rebelled against the cruel treatment of Captain Bly. On what ship did this mutiny take place? On the bounty. That's right. The bounty is right.
1: And you wind up with $12.50. Thanks Thanks and good luck from the DeSoto Plymouth dealers. Here's our next couple, Groucho. A girl from a supermarket and a married man, selected from our audience just before we went on the air. Well,
2: drag them in. All
1: right, I'll do that. <laughs> Pauline Hill and Mr. Lewis Rich, come in here and meet Groucho Marx.
2: Well, welcome, folks, to You Bet Your Life. Say the secret word and you'll divide $100. It's a common word, something you see every day. Miss uh, Pauline Hill, is that right? That's right. Uh, where are you from, Pauline?
1: From Bakersfield, California.
2: Uh huh. And Mr. Lewis Rich, eh? Uh, how, how rich uh, are you, uh, Lewis?
4: Oh, rich in name only.
2: Well, that's worth that's something.
4: Where are you from, Mr. Rich? I'm from that historical old state of Virginia, the mother of presidents. Mm-hmm. There aren't any fathers in that state? A few. I'm one. How old are you, Mr. Rich? I'm in my 87th year. Oh.
2: Well, I would take you for about 60, Mr. Rich. You're a very young looking man. The mother of all those presidents must have taken good <laughs> care of you. In <laughs> How long have you been a husband?
4: 55 happy years.
2: You're really happy, huh? Fifty-five years Do you have any children, Lewis? One daughter Any grandchildren? Two Great-grandchildren? Four (laughs) Well, you're improving with age (laughs) Any great-great-grandchildren? Not yet (laughs) Well, don't despair Rome wasn't built in a day (laughs) What sort of work do you do? Well, I'm semi retired. You mean you're half asleep? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I mean, what kind of work do you do?
4: Well, I uh, publish a, a little uh, pamphlet with about several hundred of Benjamin Franklin's sayings called Poor Richard Almanac, which he uh, published about 250 years ago and still has a large sale throughout the world today.
2: Well, he was a great philosopher. I remember when he walked down Chestnut Street with a bun on. Or he was... <laughs> <laughs> Can you slip us an appropriate quotation from the wise old philosopher?
4: Oh, I know hundreds of them, but let me see. The old man speaks his nonsense with a glib tongue, but still it's nonsense. <laughs>
2: Well, are you referring to me, you, or Benjamin Franklin? I don't know why that old busybody didn't mind his own business. That's the first time I've ever been insulted by a man who's dead 200 years. Now, well, let's see now. I, I've forgotten. Where, uh, where are you
1: from? I'm from the market.
2: Oh, well, I'll take a pound of cottage cheese, eh? <laughs> what market are you from?
1: Uh? Vaughn Supermarket, Santa Barbara and Crenshaw.
2: Oh. And what do you do at this market? I'm a checker. A checker? Yes. What do you mean? What is a checker?
1: Oh, a checker... Checker a... is
2: something you move around on a board, isn't it?
1: Oh, no. I'm someone that checks out your groceries, and your produce, takes your money.
2: Why is the prices are so high, Pauline?
1: Well, I think if I knew that answer, I'd be in Washington.
2: <laughs> you don't have to know any of the right answers to be in Washington, Pauline. Well, the other day, I paid 30 cents for a little can of black pepper. It used to cost a nickel. Mr. Rich, what would your pal, Ben Franklin, have to say about that?
4: Oh, fool and his money is soon parted.
2: (laughs) Well, if you see Franklin, tell him to go fly his kite. (laughs) Maybe lightning will strike twice in the same place. Speaking of reading, have you read The Ordeal of Willie Brown?
5: No, I haven't.
2: You haven't read The Ordeal of Willie Brown? Well, I happen to think it's the greatest novel ever written. Of course, it was written by Arthur Marx, who by strange coincidence happens to be my son. Anyway, it'll be on the bookstands next week, and I trust you'll go out and buy three or four copies. Now, in your 87 years, I imagine you've had a number of different jobs, Louis. What all have you done to scratch out a living?
4: Oh, sold papers, peanut butcher on the railroad, sold books. Sold stocks on Wall Street, ran a hotel, traveled at selling uh, little savings banks to banking institutions. And, uh... You didn't get around very much, did you? Right? Oh, well, I've been in another state in the union. In so what's been your most unusual business experience? Running a hotel in Chicago. Well, I can
2: understand that. <laughs> what happened there? Did anything happen there? Oh, plenty could, uh... happened. <laughs> Well, uh,
4: during the World's Fair in 93, three of us came from Richmond and bought a hotel there with 197 rooms, bought the leasehold and the furniture, and so all our money was put up, and uh, we had 208 school teachers come from North Carolina, we had to make a deal with them for $2 a day for meals and lodging, and the fellow that brought them there wanted to pay us with a check. And in ninety-three there was a bank panic on and the checks were no good, so he went back to North Carolina to get the money and left the two hundred maid girls on our hand. And What's we... the matter with that? Uh, in the meantime, the creditors threw us out. We got out and we left the girls there, and I don't know whether they're there yet if they ever got back to North Carolina. Well, I wish we you'd
2: find out if they're
4: still there, will you, Louie? Uh, I'm
2: planning on going to Chicago pretty soon. <laughs> Well, I've learned a lot talking to you two. A stitch in time saves nine, a two for 17. <laughs> now you're going to play your bet your life. Beat our other two couples, and you'll get a chance at the $1,500 question. I can't tell you how much the first couple won, but George Fenneman is going to remind our listeners.
1: The real estate broker and the cab driver won
2: $12.50. Here we go. Let's see how high I can build you $20. You selected famous husbands and wives. Here's your first question. How much of the 20 are you going to bet? Fifteen. Fifteen dollars. Who is married to band leader Desi Arnaz? Oh, Lucille
5: Ball.
2: Lucille Ball is right. (laughs) Well, you're off to a good start You have $35. How much of the $35 are you going to bet? $25. $25. 25. Who is married to actor George Montgomery?
1: Dinah
2: Shore. Dinah Shore is
1: right. $60.
2: $60. That's a prehistoric animal, a dinosaur. I remember I saw one before. <laughs> you have $60. Here's your third question. How much of the 60 are you going to bet? $50. Who is married to musician Andre Castellanos? Uh, Lily Pond. Lily Pond is right. You now have $110. You've almost got enough money to buy that market, Pauline. <laughs> Here's your last chance to be the other couples. you have $110. What are you gonna go for? Shall we? $100. $100. Who is married to actress Elsa Lanchester?
0: Charles Lawton. Charles
3: Lawton!
2: And you wind up with $210? Yeah. Thanks, and then. good luck from the oh, DeSoto yeah. Plymouth dealers. Thank
1: you. We asked for couples with unusual romances to volunteer tonight, and just before we went on the air, we selected Mr. and Mrs. Charles Koenigsberg from our studio audience. And here they are. Folks, come in here and meet Groucho Marx. Welcome, youngsters, for the DeSoto Plymouth
2: dealers. Say the secret word and you win $100. It's a common word, something you see every day. Mr. and Mrs. Charles Koenigsberg, eh? Uh, Charlie, my boy, where are you from? Cleveland, Ohio, the east side. Mrs. Koenigsberg? I can't keep calling you Mrs. Koenigsberg, a beautiful girl like you. What shall I call you?
3: Tell me, Frances. <laughs>
2: hmm, I'll call you Frances to begin with. Are there any more at home like you, Frances?
5: Uh, I have six sisters.
2: Your sisters are sick?
5: No, they're not sick.
2: <laughs> what's, the, what's the matter with them?
5: I have... Are they not sick? They have six sisters.
2: You have six sisters, but they're not sick, huh? <laughs> What's the phone number of these six six sisters?
5: Uh, it's eight nine two two
2: two. Is that a five cent call? <laughs> I don't want to throw my money away, you know.
5: No, they live in Casablanca, North Africa, French Morocco.
3: <laughs> oh.
2: Well, cancel the phone call. <laughs> you say Casablanca? Is that where you're from, too, Francis? Yes, I was born in Casablanca. Well, what do you know? I'm an old Casablanca myself. <laughs> Did you happen to admire me in A Night in Casablanca? Uh,
5: I couldn't go out at night then when I was home.
2: I was referring to the Marx Brothers movie, A Night in Casablanca. Didn't you ever see that?
5: Oh, the movie? the movies yes <laughs> I, I
2: used to be in the movies years ago until they saw some of the film <laughs> tell us something about casablanca what's it like do they all have teeth as pretty as you have uh francis in casablanca Francis, do they all
3: have
2: teeth? <laughs> well, they... it's very
5: cosmopolitan. The the life in Casablanca is very cosmopolitan.
2: You don't wear a veil when you walk down the street? Do
5: no, but uh, the Arab people, some of them... You wear something, don't you, uh, when you walk
2: down the huh? street?
5: <laughs> <laughs>
2: what do you wear, Francis,
5: huh? I oh, wear clothes.
2: <laughs> well, that kills the whole trip now. Huh? <laughs>
4: Do, do, do they have
2: the Casbah there?
5: Yes, they have the Casbah there. But did I you ever see
2: Humphrey Bogart over
5: there? No, I never went there. Charlie, how
2: did you meet this queen of the Casbah? Well, I stopped in Casablanca on my way home from India where I'd been flying the hump during the war. Uh-huh. Oh, you were a pilot in the... Yes, yes American I... Army and okay. American Air Force. Uh, and uh, what happened? One of my friends uh, told me I should go down to PX in a hurry and see that beautiful blonde. And I did. And I saw her, and, well, I guess the love at first sight. But wait a minute. You say you fell in love with a blonde. How did you meet Frances? She's a brunette. Well, she was a blonde then. (laughs) (laughs) Frances, is this true? Did you use chemical warfare on Charlie, my boy? (laughs) Well,
5: Baccio, when I was 14, my sister wanted to. To be a blonde but she wanted to see how it looked on me first before taking any chances and i kept on being blonde after that and she never did
2: you say your sister felt like dying her hair so she dyed yours instead
5: that's right you're very fortunate your sister
2: never felt like jumping off a building
5: <laughs>
2: francis did charlie tell us the whole story of how you met him what did you do the first time you saw him? Did you like him?
5: Oh yes, I like him very much.
2: Why? What was his approach?
5: Well, I, I liked him and I, I remember I said, uh, Hi, baby, and I punch his cheek.
3: <laughs>
2: Why don't things like that happen to me? <laughs> now, what were Charlie's reactions to this innocent little pinch on the cheek?
5: Well, I married him and I came to the America and I have two wonderful boys.
2: <laughs> Francis, you say you have two children. Well, when you sing them to sleep, do you sing in English or Arabic?
5: In French, I sing you to sing sleep. Them, uh, yes.
2: Lullabies. Could you uh, give us a French lullaby? Right now. Well, listen, it's my bedtime. <laughs> I don't know. I'm usually knocked off long before this. Huh? <laughs> Les
3: chiffons.
2: Les petits
5: des marionettes Les chiffons Fon, fon Trois petits tours Et puis s'en vont And now Go to sleep
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Just make believe I'm your brother That's all
3: <laughs> My
5: brother Yeah
3: My <laughs> brother
2: where are the kids right now? Are they sleeping?
5: Yes, they are. Are they in good shape? No. What,
2: what's the trouble with them?
5: They're sick. What's the matter with them? They have the flu.
3: <laughs>
2: Fine, I had a kisser yet. Huh? <laughs>
3: well,
2: I'll see you at the clinic in the morning. Friend. <laughs> Well, it's been very medical talking to you. <laughs> Charlie, I'm sure that with Francis helping you, you'll achieve any ambition that you're after. You. I wish you the best of luck to Thank both of you. you. You're a wonderful couple. And beautiful besides. Now, let's see how you're going to make out in the battle for the $1,500. You run your $20 and the more than our other couple. I can't tell you how much they won, but George is going to remind our listeners.
1: The girl from the supermarket and the married man are leading with $210.
2: Here we go. Let's see how high I can build your $20. You selected United States war heroes. How much are you going to bet? Fifteen. Fifteen, huh? <laughs> One of the heroes of World War I was a sergeant who captured practically an entire company of German single-handers. What is his name? Sergeant York. Alvin York is right. <laughs> Well, you're off to a good start. You have $35. Remember, you are going for $1,500. Now, how much... Back at the Casbah. How much of your uh, $35 are you going to (laughs) try? $34. $34? Yes. On April 18, 1942, a squadron of medium bombers raided the Japanese mainland. Who led this historic attack? Lieutenant General Doolittle. Doolittle
1: is right. (laughs) You're really climbing same, same for a man who did so much, isn't it? <laughs> you folks are really climbing. You have sixty nine dollars now. Here's
2: your third question. You have sixty nine dollars. How much are you gonna bet? Sixty
5: eight. Sixty eight and half
2: will sell. You know it. who's wearing. it?
5: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: you know who wears the veil in that family. <laughs> One of our generals in World War II was captured by the Japanese on Corregidor. What is his name? Uh, Lieutenant General Wainwright. Wainwright is right!
1: <laughs> well, you have
2: $137.50. <laughs> Bannerman must have been going to school the last couple of weeks. Here's <laughs> <laughs> you your last chance to beat the other couples. How much are you going to go for? The whole thing. Shoot the wife. <laughs> <laughs> What was the name of the Baltimore lawyer who was being held aboard a British Man of War when he wrote the Star-Spangled Banner? Talk it over.
5: I don't know much
2: about it. Francis got keys. That's
5: right, Francis <laughs>
3: <laughs> hey,
1: Thank you. <laughs> thank you, uh, you wind up with $275.00. And that means that you'll get the chance at the $1,500 DeSoto Plymouth question. <laughs> Thanks and good luck the DeSoto Plymouth Daily.
2: Thanks and good luck the DeSoto Plymouth Daily. Now, in just one minute, I'll ask the big question, but first, here's something of interest to everyone.
1: If you haven't had your car put in shape for warm weather driving... Don't let another day go by. Take it to a DeSoto Plymouth dealer for that spring checkup. Here, factory train mechanics will check the complete electrical system of your car. They'll check the chassis, including the steering and brakes. They'll do whatever is necessary to get your car ready for summer driving. They'll tune the engine and see to it that your car gets the proper oil and lubrication and that the radiator is drained and flushed. These DeSoto Plymouth mechanics will do all the things that should be done to give you thousands of miles of enjoyable, trouble-free driving. You'll like the job you get. You'll like the fair price, the prompt service, the courteous treatment, the friendly smile. All these things are part of a DeSoto Plymouth dealer's service. So don't delay another day. Get your car ready for warm weather driving right away. Do like Groucho says.
2: Friends, take your car to a DeSoto Plymouth dealer. And when you do, tell them Groucho sent you.
1: And here's the winning couple, Groucho. The uh, married couple, all set for the $1,500 DeSoto Plymouth question.
2: Here's where French Morocco gets a chance at $1,500. Here we go. For $1,500, I'll give you 15 seconds to decide on a single answer between you. Think carefully and please no help from the audience. The last European army to invade the United States was badly defeated a few days after it landed. In what city did this historic battle occur? The British in Washington? No, I I'm, I'm sorry. It was New Orleans in 1815 when Andrew Jackson's men defeated the British. Okay. I'm sorry, that's the correct answer. So that means the big question next week will be we worth two thousand dollars. Well, you lost the big money, but uh, how much did they win? Uh, well, two hundred and seventy-five dollars. Well, that's not hay. Uh, two hundred and seventy-five dollars. Congratulations and thanks to both of you and to all of our contestants on the show tonight. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> Just be sure to visit your Desoto Plymouth dealer.
1: Folks, here's a reminder from the National Safety Council: Good drivers drive safe cars. Check your car. Check accidents. You bet your life. Transcribed from Hollywood is produced by John Goodell, directed by Robert Dwan and Bernie Smith. Music by Jerry Fielding.